Well, hello, everybody. This is Pastor Leon, and I'm here with uh, Meredith. Hello. And uh, this is Pastor Cast number 38. And uh, we are woefully behind on our Pastor Casts. Uh, it's been uh, several months since we did one, and a lot has happened since that last Pastor Cast. So, uh, since the last uh, Pastor Cast that we did, my mom uh, passed away uh, in October. Uh, and then, of course, there was Thanksgiving and Christmas and New Year's, and we had a lot of stuff going on and a lot of things going at the same time. And it felt every single time that we thought to sit down and do a pastor cast, we just didn't have we didn't have it in us. We didn't. But we have made uh, some sort of I don't know if it's a resolution. I haven't really shared with you any of my resolutions. Have you had any resolutions? I this have, year? but I'm not sharing them with you because ninety uh, percent of resolutions they say are not followed through on. Yes. So I'm I'm spending a lot of time being thoughtful about mine, and uh, you'll just have to see if you can figure them out as we go. Oh, great! <laughs> that sounds awesome. Well, uh, I don't keep my resolutions that well either. I'm probably the reason why. 90% of those fail. Um, the average is like that high because of me. Um, I did once. I did keep mine. I kept it. I, was, I decided I was going to read a book a week, and I did that for the whole year. So 52, how many weeks are there in a year? 52. 52. There's 52 weeks in a year. So I read 52 books. And I, listen, I didn't cheat. So there wasn't a single one of those that was like a tiny little, no, you know, like Sea no, no, Dick run, no, 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 Sea Jane rider bike, Sea Spot poop on the sidewalk. I mean, it wasn't anything like that. It was like actual books. Yes. Yeah. So anyway, so I did keep that one, but it's been a long time since I've kept my resolutions. But I think that would be great for us to try to keep a resolution. To do more pastor casts, would you would you agree? Would that yes, be a good that'd resolution? Be a great idea. So we're going to start with this one, and the reason why we wanted to do a, a pastor cast this week was um, well, it's a new year, and uh, we are doing something interesting. Well, we just finished the first week of doing something interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Thirty-one days, and so that means we have twenty-four left to do. To 20, so here's what we're doing: we are um, we well. All right, so here's the book. Okay, the book it's called is. 31 Days of Living Well and Spending Zero. So who's the book by? Oh, hold on. I don't have my glasses on. Well, there you go. Uh, Get your glasses <laughs> I'll on. I'll find out. Keep talking. Okay. So by Really Smart Lady. That's 31 <laughs> Days of Not Spending Any Money, essentially, is what this is all about. Right. So the idea is that you absolutely spend no money on anything except for the essentials for 31 days. Right. And by essentials, it means your bills, of course, the things that you have to pay. And then, you know, just the basics when it comes to groceries and so forth. There's no going out. There's no buying things off of Amazon. There's no extra spending. There's no spending period on anything that is not essential. Well, even the groceries. Um, one of the things you do on day two is you do a complete and full inventory of everything you have in your freezer, your fridge, and your pantry. And that which took us a while because it, it was did. a startling amount of food. It was very convicting, actually, how much stuff we had just sitting around. And then the next day, you come up with meal plans. And I'm I, I'm in, embarrassed to say that we have a month's worth of food uh, without us really having to buy anything. And so we just fill in the blanks with uh, fresh vegetables uh, only after we eat all of our canned vegetables and fruits and bread and eggs and milk. And that's pretty much it for the whole month. And we can't go out. Nope. No going out. No fast food. 
No Starbucks, no Target, my most painful, no Amazon, buy now with one-click shopping, none of that. Yeah, it's pretty terrible. It has been terrible. But but the premise of the book is not just to stop spending money, which is important, um, but it is to be more mindful of what you have and to understand that it's not stuff that makes you happy. So in addition to doing the inventory for your food, for example, um, the book has exercises where it takes you through inventorying your home. So taking a look at what books that you actually do have in your library that maybe you haven't read before or that you'd like to read again. What toys uh, do the kids have that they haven't taken out of the box in some cases? You know, that kind of thing. Right. So it's really about um, being mindful about spending and also just being grateful and thankful for what you have and appreciating what you do have. Well, and the shocking thing, I think, was um, as we went through the inventory of all of our stuff that was in the, the pantry and in the freezer and in the refrigerator was just how many things that we had that we had we didn't know about, that we had right. forgotten about, and things that, you know, we're like, oh my gosh, I didn't know we had that, and, you know, we probably would have had we decided to go make spaghetti and meatballs, gone out and gotten more meatballs, and we had meatballs, and, right. you know, I'm just using that as a for instance, but... I think the the interesting thing that came out of that part of the exercise was realizing, man, we do a lot of you know grocery shopping that we buy stuff and then we we you know we're not we, we don't plan like you know we plan some meals but we don't plan um, you know all the meals right right and so you get tired you get busy and then the next thing you know you're hot, you're buying pizza you're doing this you're saying oh we're you know let's just go out to dinner. Um, and then yeah. this has forced us to be, yeah, there is no going out to dinner. So, you know, what's been really interesting about this and what's been actually kind of cool is that we've, this is a side, you know, kind of a side benefit of all this is that we've had more meals, um, where we've all been together. True. You know, and, and, um, we have branched out and cooked some things that maybe, you know, we haven't cooked in a while, which has been really, really nice. Yeah, Again, it it's been. about being thoughtful and thankful for what you already have. It is. Yeah. But um, the book is not just about don't spend money, and right. and that's kind of I wanted to talk about the other side of it too, and that is the living well. It's it's living well and spending zeros, but the living well is important because it does have, for example, um, something I've never done, but I'm going to be taking part of in some with some friends here in, in Austin. It's called a freezer swap. So you get together with some friends. And um, what we're going to do is we're going to cook a certain number of meals together and you make recipes in bulk and then everybody takes recipes home and puts them in their freezer. So if there's four people in your group and you decide to make eight recipes, then each person will take home two things to put in their freezer. So when they're in a hurry, they can just pop it out of the freezer and pop it in the oven. But it's not just about the meals, obviously. It's about getting together um, with people and doing things um, with people that you love and and um, learning some new recipes and just sharing. And I think that's the thing about the book that's so great. It's not just about not spending money, but it's about creative ideas like that, about to have a, how, to, how to live a richer life that is not based on how much money you have. Yeah, and, and I think... Um... The, you know, another aspect of that is, is, you know, when you start doing the inventory and start thinking about the stuff that's in your house and we haven't done all of that yet. Right. So we're, just we're only in, in week one. We're being awfully like a Co- smug. Yeah, yeah, we're yeah. cocky. We're on day seven. Um, and, and we've done well and it's been strange not to spend money. It has been. 
Yeah, because I mean, there have been moments when I'm like, oh, you know, that's when I'm on Facebook, especially Facebook is oh, evil to it me. Knows how to... It knows just how to market to me and market those things that I want to buy and things yeah. that I want to, you know, and so I have to be very careful. Well, you know, this you know. is a subject of another pastor cast, but I do have some friends who are firmly in the camp of our Amazon Echo is listening to us right now and telling Facebook what we want to buy based on our conversations. <laughs> no, I mean, I know people that really believe that. I'm, wonder, I'm suspicious because this, some things have popped up in my feed before, and I swear to goodness, I have not searched them. And how they knew, I do not know. Well, let's but, find out. Let's find out if uh, <laughs> if all of a sudden it starts popping up with things like, we know you're not really wanting to spend money, yeah, but this that is a way be, to, you know, then you'll creepy. start freaking out. <laughs> But anyway, I got us off track. Sorry. Um, yeah. So it does make you think about how reflex and knee jerk you can spend money when you're really trying to fill a hole. Yeah. And, um, you know, I know that that's, you know, because, because, you know, honestly, the same thing that happens when you, you know, you drink, you take drugs, you do all those kinds of things. Those same things physiologically occur when you buy things, mm-hmm. you know, that dopamine gets released, um, you know, into your brain, uh, it creates a, a sense of euphoria. It's not nearly as powerful, um, you know, as other, you know, ways of medicating and self-medicating and creating that, but still it does physio- there's a physiological thing that happens to us when, you know, we, we're shopping and we, we do something that where we achieve or we acquire something that we desire. Yeah. Yeah, The acquiring of it. Well, it really went along well with the sermon series that, um, you did for Advent and we really did, um, try to live that out. We did the Advent conspiracy. We've done that before and I know it's been around for a while, but it is such a great way of reframing and rethinking, um, you know, Advent and Christmas. And then coming off of that then and doing this challenge, it just seemed like the next kind of logical thing to do. Yeah, and um, you know, I think we, you know, during Christmas we did take a little bit of a step back. I think you know from what we normally did, and you know, just kind of we're like, let's figure out how we can make more time to do things. Let's right. let's you know, let's try to figure out ways to have more friends over or be involved in you know doing things with with people and and having experiences and making memories and doing that kind of thing. Um, you know, and so that was. That was pretty awesome. Well, we're going into week two now of right. this, and the the uh, week two focus is clean and organize. Okay, so that should be interesting. Again, with the idea of you know the purpose being to understand what you have in your home to get rid of stuff that's weighing you down, um, and this actually has a, a challenge about selling some stuff, which should be interesting because I have never done that. I have no idea how to do it. I don't know how to do it. it it'll be interesting. Well, that's going to be fun uh, yeah, because uh, I actually do have a little bit of experience trying to sell some of my dad's stuff on Facebook and let go. Uh-huh. And so it was actually on, I think I sold the stuff off of Facebook. I ended up selling it off of Facebook. So somebody came and bought the like a wheelchair thing, yeah. and a, you know, a thing that he yeah. didn't need anymore. And so, um, yeah, but that was, that was an, an experience because I'm, you know, you're interacting with people and bargaining with them. Um, you know, but I thought to myself, yeah, if I had a lunch, if I had a bunch of stuff to sell, this is the way to do it. Well, apparently we're going to be finding a bunch of stuff to sell. Is that what the book is telling you? That is what the book is telling us. Amazing. Now we've done that kind of stuff before. I know everybody has in terms of like garage sales. Right, right, right. Right. So this is the uh, 2018 version of garage sale. I guess you, you sell them on the internet. 
Yeah, and I mean, well, that, and that's cool. I mean, yeah, you know, because there's sure. a lot of things we probably have that we, you know, again, we, as we go through and do inventory, we're going to go, yeah. I didn't know we had that, or I didn't know we had two of those, right. or that. Or kind I really of thing. don't need that, so it right. should be a good. And and each um, each week in the book kind of has a different focus like that, and all of them it is it's not intended to be a religious book, um, but it certainly uh, goes right along with everything that we're trying to do as a followers of Christ, as 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 people who want to live. Um, in, in an attitude of gratitude, as as I, we often say. So Okay. So now that you brought that up, yep. the whole, you know, being a follower of Christ The whole thing. Jesus thing. The Jesus I thing. always try to bring everything back around to Jesus. So um, this past week I was reading uh, in uh, Matthew's gospel. And so um, Matthew 5, uh, chapters 5, 6, and 7 are all from, they're all the Sermon on the Mount. Right. Um, and so in Matthew chapter 6, it's where Jesus you know, is really giving his disciples and people who would follow him some instruction on, you know, like how they view possessions, how they view the things of this world and what they need. And he acknowledges, you know, like there's some things that you will need, you know, there's stuff that you need. Um, and, and, you know, sometimes you'll want to know, like, you know, how will we be clothed? How am I going to eat? How am I going to take care of myself? How am I going to do all these things? You know, like, you know, there's needs and, and things that we have as human beings and as people, you know, and maybe even some desires. You know, th- those kinds of things. Um, and But he said, seek first the kingdom of God and God's righteousness and all those things will be added unto you. So the things that you're worried about, you know, whether you're going to eat or drink or, you know, what what all the needs and the, 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 the struggles that sometimes we have of wanting to know, am, am I going to, you know, make it tomorrow? You know, um, for a lot of people, that that's how they live. They live you know, paycheck to paycheck. They live, right. you know, hand to mouth. You know, the, the majority of the world uh, does not have the same kind of things that we do. So when I sit there and I read that passage of scripture, you know, a funny thing happens because I'm, I'm thinking to myself, you know, oh, well, um, you know, Jesus is saying, you know, all I got to do is just live a good life and I'm going to get all that stuff, you know, all the things that I want. But that's not what he's saying. He's saying, you know, essentially you're going to have what you need um, and that, you know, and that's all that really is, is, um, you know, is promised is the need. There are other stuff. It's just blessings. You know, the other stuff is just, you well, know, I abundance. Think the idea and, being that if you adjust your heart to God, seeking God first, seek, right. get your heart in tune with God, then what you want is going to be different. Right. And you're, and, and ideally if you're chasing Christ the way you should, your list of stuff that you think you need is going to go down. Well, and the reason why I'm talking about that, and, and you know, because he was li- he was speaking to people who are living subsistence, literally know, so living. subsistence. And the reason why I bring that up is because so many people use that incorrectly. Yeah. They're like, "Oh, look, all you got to do is just be a really good Christian, and God's going to make sure that you get that." God nice wants car. you to have that promotion, and God wants you to have that car. He does, he yeah. Doesn't. The prosperity gospel. That's stuff. not not a thing. And I think that the cool thing about this book is that it sort of pushes back against that bad theology. It certainly does. That it states, you know, what you need to do is learn how to live with less. Exactly. And to be content with less, right? And that's what the Apostle Paul says. I've learned in whatever circumstance that I'm in uh, to be content. Right. And if you do seek God first, then what you need for contentment will be less. Absolutely. But but that has to be an intentional thing. So let's touch a little bit on this prosperity gospel thing because we haven't really talked a lot about that in Pastor Cast before. No. Um, 
how do you how do you answer those people who say, well, the scripture says that if you you know follow God, then you'll get a huge blessing doubled up a hundredfold. You know all of these big words. You know your blessings will be overflowing your apron. All these big big words that seem to promise all this stuff. And so you can see where people take that and get off on a prosperity gospel track. So what do you say to people when they point out those those uh, passages? How do you answer? You know, it does say that you'll get a blessing a hundredfold. So why isn't that the fancy new car that I want? Well, I mean, yeah, the passage. I think there's several of them, but one of there's the passages. That, of them. Yeah, one of the passages that gets misused a lot is where Jesus talks about, um, you know. Um, you know, when about having it pressed down, full, uh-huh. you know, flowing over, those are the kinds of blessings that you're right. going to receive, that kind of thing. Um, but, you know, that passage, if you take a look at it, it's in the context of him talking about judging. Right. Don't, you know, judge not, you know, otherwise you'll be judged. Right. And the way that you're judging, the way what you're the measure that you're using to judge will be used to measure you. Right. You know, I mean, so those are that's kind of within that context, if I'm not mistaken. It is. So what he's what he's really trying to do there is is saying if you live your life in in generosity, if you live your life where you're open handed, um, then. You know what will what will happen is if you're willing to give away and be a blessing to others, the blessings that you're going to receive they may not be the exact like so. What people tend to think is that God is a slot machine, right? So I'm going to put in my my quarters and then I'm going to pull the slot and then God's going to give me in the same way God's going to give me a whole bunch of quarters, right? Um, so if I give ten bucks. Then God's going to give me a hundred. Well, and there's return. actually people out there preaching that. Of course, if you, there give, are. if you give God ten dollars, God will give you a hundred dollars you wouldn't have otherwise had. Right. And they actually say that. Of course, they do. And of course, that breaks people's heart and their spirit. It does. So I think what I would say to them is to anybody who's talking about that prosperity gospel or is buying into it, I would say that for every verse is taken out of context uh, to promote um, this prosperity gospel. There are countless other verses and passages where Jesus really talks about giving everything away and living generously and not being so obsessed with what you're going to get in return, but simply being sacrificial in the way that you live your life. I mean, that's what Jesus was all about. Those who find themselves are the ones who are going to who give everything away. The first shall be last, and the last shall be first. I mean, all those those kinds of right, things. Right, and that's what I was going to say. You can't take one. Um verse out of context and think that God means for you to have a, a Mustang, because if you look at the life of Christ, um, he, he had no interest in possessions. No. And neither did his followers. No. You know, they just enough to eat and drink for the day is all that he prayed for and all that he wanted. Yeah. Um, give us this day our daily bread right, right. is the prayer that he asks right. people so, to pray. So putting aside a, a, a text that can be taken out of context, um, most importantly, I think, is the whole of the Scripture, which pre- preaches to us about focusing on things that are not things, but on the things that matter in God's eyes. Right, and kind of go Justice, love, and mercy. Well, and it's, it's one of the, pers- the passages I pulled up in the Advent Conspiracy when I talked about what Jesus said, hey, guys, don't lay for yourself treasures here on earth because they're going to fall apart. They're going to break. They're going to fade away. All that stuff is, if you, you know, if that's where you're putting all your emphasis, those things are not going to matter. You know, I you think know, about that. End. I think about that a lot. I, a large part of my law practice, I do what's called in Florida probate, 
which basically means when someone dies, I help their heirs administer their stuff so right. that it goes to the people that the that the you know dead person wants it to go to. And the amount of pain and negativity and fighting and um, lack of thankfulness and gratitude, I would say 80% of the time it's it's a negative experience right. um, in some horrible way. And I think about that a lot. You know, it seems like almost sometimes for me, at least in my practice, the, the richer the, the dead person is, the more hassle and pain and strife and controversy that follows when their stuff is being divvied out. Yep. Um, some of the sweetest, most loving people I've seen are people who, you know, their parents really didn't have anything in the, quote, estate. They just needed, you know, some property to change hands or something, you know, some small thing. Um, I often say that if somebody's got a quarter, though, sometimes it feels like they're going to fight over who gets the dime and, and who gets, you know, the dime and a nickel. Um, so anyway, I just think about that sometimes because we spend so much time and energy trying to amass stuff. And at the end of the day, we don't get to keep our stuff. And more than that, our stuff can actually be a burden. Similarly, when someone dies, I see a lot their children, especially you see it in the context of parents and children, children are left with these households full of stuff, um, you know, like storage, storage sheds, uh, storage facilities, sometimes multiple homes. And honestly, when I'm dealing with the heirs, there's maybe two or three or four things in the whole house that mean anything. And the rest of it, they wish they could just take a a match and light it up. You know, it's like a, it's like a a burden to have to go through all that stuff and sort it out and figure out where it's going and have a garage sale. And, and they're, and yet, you know, their loved one had spent, you know, basically their entire life amassing all this stuff that has then now become a, a negative and a burden. So I don't know. I've just been thinking about a lot of that, um, this season as we're going through this book and, and doing the Advent Conspiracy. Yeah, it reminds me of the the passage in the Gospels where the guy comes to Jesus and says, Hey, Rabbi, um, make my brother give me what he owes me yeah. from the inheritance. And he's like, what am I, a lawyer? Or what am I, a, you know? <laughs> and then he uh, tells him the story of the the guy that had a bumper crop and decided instead of sharing his bumper crop because he had more than enough for himself. And in that culture, um, if somebody had a bumper crop and had way more than they needed, they would distribute it. You know, they would, they would share it with people and make sure that those who didn't have enough, you know? And so what he did was he decided I'm going to build bigger barns to hold my junk. Right. And that kind of the underlying thing there was, he was like, I'm going to make sure that I'm set for retirement. I'm going to have all of my stuff set up. I'm going to be all all taken care of. Yeah, so when the price of grain goes back up again, I'm going to have a whole bunch of it, and then people will have to buy from me. And then in the the passage, Jesus says that the Lord says to the guy, you fool, tonight your soul will be required of you, and he dies, you know, that, that night. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Um, after he's built his bigger barns. And then so Jesus basically tells the young man, listen, dude, stop worrying about all this stuff, because one day somebody's going to be fighting over your old stuff. Exactly. You know? But yeah. this is what happens. Right. And that's what we do, right? We not only fill our houses up with stuff, then we go out and we buy storage places that it costs a couple hundred dollars a month to put more of our stuff in. 
Yep. That we don't even see once we box it away and, and put it there. But That's that old George Carlin comic, comedic sketch yep. about stuff. Yeah. That we, uh, we have so much stuff that we have to buy a place to have to rent a place to put stuff. Right. It's, I mean, it's true. And it's, it's very indicting. So anyway, um, part of, of this book is not just focusing on spending zero, right? It's also um, just kind of reorient, reorient, reorienting your whole life. Um, and to the importance or real lack of importance of stuff. So it's pretty exciting. And I'm, and I'm, I'm, I'm interested to see, we should do our next pastor cast should be at the end of it. Yep. Um, and see how we did, because okay. obviously it's easy to be smug now on day seven. That's right. When I'm at day 27 without being able to have a Domino's pizza, uh, I might be a little grumpy by then. You might be. I might be. It would be the Domino's pizza that would send you over? Yeah, you know, I love that Domino's six cheese thin crust, Wisconsin six cheese thin crust pizza. I love that. (laughs) And I love to, and you know, honestly, the mom's listening to me, and dads are great, and I know you guys are great. Many, many of you are great cooks, but it does seem to fall on mom a lot to figure out what everybody's going to eat when it comes to eating time. And it's very convenient to just swing by P. Terry's or swing by Torchies or Here's all the other the thing dominoes. we did. We started digging through all of our stuff to find all of our gift cards. Yeah, yeah, because we have. So I was like, because we have the gift it. cards were legal. That was part of the book. I said, find your gift cards. Well, because we gift had gift cards. cards we hadn't even used. Yeah, and that's, I, that's terrible. I but discovered that I had a fifty, fifty-five, or no, I had like sixty bucks worth of Dunkin' Donuts, which I stole because there's no Dunkin' Donuts in Austin. All right, so but the I closest one is like six miles away. Um, but it is interesting that when we have our anniversary this month, we'll be paying for our dinner, our anniversary dinner, and a gift card, which is great. Well, we're going to have to figure out a way to pay for our get our anniversary dinner and the tip on the gift card. All right. Well, we'll figure it out. I mean, who says you can't do that? Is that a thing? Maybe is that I, not a thing? I don't think so. Maybe oh, no. maybe if I go, I wonder. Here's how are we going to figure out a tip then? We need to find out if the book has anything to say. I about, know. I know. We'll take one of our small gift cards and leave that as the tip. Oh, or, see, I just hit him on something. Or I could take leave my, a Starbucks card as a gift, as a tip. So if my if I have a change jar, does that count as spending money? I think so. I think we have to use the Dang giveaway. It. I know, I know. So I could go down to the H E B and get put turn my change. I have a big old huge thing full of no, change. We're saving that for something. I don't know what. I don't remember. There was something know. we were saving it for. I don't know. Meanwhile, we're having the the month of spending nothing, and then I had to take the dog to the emergency vet on Friday. Yeah, the, that was a necessity. Yeah, the the dog is doesn't the dog qualify. Is a money the, pit. Oh man, that dog. <laughs> but we love him. Yes, we do. All right, so we're going to do an, another pastor cast and give everybody the. Yep, we'll give you a heads up on how things are going, and yep. uh, we'll uh, hopefully still be married. <laughs> <laughs> we will. Don't talk like that. I know. Actually, I it. think this has really brought us together. I think so too. I mean, well, I mean. It's brought us closer together. Hopefully, we were together to start. No, with. but I mean, like, brought us closer together. Yeah, like yeah, it's been a good thing. Like, we've been we've been talking a lot more about you know like planning things a lot more right. and kind of I think it's you know it's kind of united around something that's and it gives so it, it's good. It's good for your marriage, I think. All right. So the name of the book is Thirty One Days of Living Well and Spending Zero, and hopefully, you can read that. Because my little 49-year-old eyes cannot... Her name is Ruth Sukup. S-O-U-K-U-P. Okay, Sukup. Ruth Sukup. S-O-U-K-U-P. The other thing that we're going to do, that we are doing right right now, that we've been doing again just seven days, so let's not get all excited that we're huge 
you know, success story, but um, has been our um, devotional, our couple devotional that has the individual components and then the, the couple component. So nice. I will be interested to give everybody a report on how that turned out as well, because that has already been a huge blessing. So it that's kind been. of a teaser maybe for our next pastor cast. We'll talk about um, that great, what I hope, what's already been a great experience as a couple, and I hope will will be a really good month. It's a 31-day study on on marriage. Awesome. Yeah? Okay. All right, guys. We'll be talking to you. We'll let you know how things are going, and we'll be checking in uh, in a couple of weeks with our next Pastor Cast. See ya. Have a great day.